Hello and welcome to How Not to Die. This episode we are discussing filicide, the act of a parent killing their own child. It still remains the world's leading cause of child death. So why would someone do this to their own child? Let's get on to the episode to find out more and thanks for listening. It didn't start out sounding like Frank. No, it sounded like someone outside. Thank you. It sounded like an old angry woman. <laughs> Hi, Frank. Hi, Frank. How are you? Nice to your broadcast. Good. Yeah, good. good. You're, You're now on it. A lot of requests for you. Mm. A lot of requests for you. To come and say hello. Because we keep, when you come in and say goodbye, we kept it in, the podcast. Oh, you see? You're mm. famous now. It's recording now. Hello, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> You're not on camera. Okay. <laughs> See, he's got a little bag, like, like maybe we could get him, like, a, he's got, like, a satchel. Like, we could get him a full, nice, like, designer professional one. designer business satchel with his, like, initials on it or something. Oh, Frank's, like, classy like that. Yeah. <laughs> he's shabby chic. He is shabby chic. Are we ready to go? Yeah. Oh, I'm going to sit back and listen to your ladies. Okay. Send me mental with this case. Well, this week we're doing. Your microphone's, like, over there. That's all right. Oh. It's still picking it up. Oh, okay. See, see we're very blase. <laughs> I'm like this. Sit back and relax. Okay. All right, then. We'll do that, then. Oh, well, you have a very soft voice. Oh. No, she doesn't. <laughs> it's like if you heard me in the office or... Um, yeah, what have you got? Do you have... Oh, well, I was just going to remind head. people what we're doing. They're just tuned into a podcast and like, oh, yeah, whatever. Yeah. What's this episode? <laughs> Because we have a theme for those of people that like themes. Who just started listening at episode 12. Well, maybe welcome. Go. <laughs> Hello. Thanks for listening. Get back a few. Um, everything we talk about will probably not make sense because we always refer back to previous episodes, previous episodes and actually reiterate things that we say in every episode. I would start at the beginning. Yeah. Okay. Well, welcome back when you get to this episode. <laughs> um, but, yeah, uh, for this episode, the theme is parents who've killed their children. So Ooh. bring out the Kleenex, Ooh. get the tissues. Oh. And um, a disclaimer, I shall be very honest and I yeah. stand by everything I will, will say. Natalia is mm-hmm. the parent and Amanda and I have dog children and Natalia's got real children, so she's doing the fun facts, and she's going to be harsh. So send all your hate mail to Natalia. <laughs> no, how not to die. <laughs> no. <laughs> how not to die podcast at gmail.com. <laughs> well, we we did get an email through our how not to die podcast at we gmail.com. Like no, it's nice. We like feedback related to. So this email is from Joanna T. Hey, Joanna T. Is it T as in the letter T? Well, I'm not going to say her last oh, name. I'm talking like it. <laughs> I don't know. Because I just, you know why I asked that? She's because one of my <laughs> cases. Joanna T. You know, do you remember the case that I did about the lady in the box? And they referred to her as K, the letter K. Okay. And I thought this might be the same thing. And she's like going, help. What? I'm, I'm a T. <laughs> help. I'm being held under a bed. But she has access to a laptop and she's yeah. also listening to the podcast. And she has a out. smiley face emoji at the end of her email. We, do we know this or is this a surprise? No, we, I've, we've read this one. Oh, but okay. for the oh, sake awesome. of, you know, <laughs> saying thank you to Joanna yeah. T, I thought we'd read it out. Thanks, Joanna. So T. It, it's, hi, how not to die. 
emoji wave. When I heard you're covering parents who kill their children, I had to email you. Um, I knew of the perfect case for you to cover. Oh, yeah, I can thank Bloody Joanna for this. <laughs> yeah. Freaking uh, it happened near my childhood home, and my mum and dad live nearby to where it happened. Uh, so you're doing TT's case? I'm doing JoJo's case. Uh, the case has become known as the mainline murder, or the, is it Raynert? Raynert, yeah, I think it's Raynert. Raynert murders, and then she goes on and explains it, so we'll skip that part because Hannah's actually covering your case. Um, and then she has, please, please, please <laughs> cover it. how organized I am. Uh, thanks for an awesome podcast. I love you. Say hello to Joseph. Us Joes need to stick together. Aww. So Joanna, we said hello to Joseph. Joseph then hi. said hi and played the epi- last episode to yeah. his whole family. <laughs> so cute. Aww. He is real. Was she the one that asked if he was real? No, this that was okay. before. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we've already been through that. Sorry. Um, so, yeah, uh, <laughs> Joe T, Joanna T, uh, Hannah's doing your case. So uh, you seem to have put Hannah through a lot this week. Yeah, preempting. We've had a hard week. So, like, seriously. Man. I mean, it doesn't help. If it wasn't for work, damn work yeah, got in the way. way. We'd be really good at our research. Well, if this, if this became more famous and this was we our main source of income, then I could focus on this. And you, you can give us income. Good segue, yeah. Hannah. You what can I give us do. you can give us income at our coffee account, which is K O F I, our Not to Die podcast. See, we haven't heard much about this coffee account. I reckon that's what's funding her holiday. Hmm? <laughs> what that, holiday? Like, between that and the plastic bottles, yeah, jeez, yeah. <laughs> she could go to the city with that. Could go to the Gold Coast. Would you want to go to the Gold Coast? <laughs> go to Bali. It's always a bit of fun. <laughs> I don't know which I'd rather go to the Gold Coast or Bali. <laughs> Just imagining it. You probably see the same people. Do you yeah, think you we should actually. set up a Patreon account? Yeah, if it gives us. But we have sure. to give them extra stuff. Yeah, but we could do like minis, like do the minisodes for the people. Ooh, we know how we feel about minisodes. Natalia hates minisodes. No, but oh. we decided we're not all going to do a minisode. Yeah, okay. It's just not that I hate minisodes. I reckon yeah, we just need just one, one person, person to do it, and we just minisode can be like when we, when the other two people are having a really busy week. Yeah. And well, we if, just if we put yeah. one up for our Patreon subscribers, they would pay us for a mini so Yeah, okay. okay. We well, can sure. do that. Look I don't know. If you're interested, let us know and tell us what you would want. Would you pay to hear our beautiful Australian accents? You probably wouldn't because they the already get it from to all the accents. I've kind of probably noticed that we, we haven't had any local fans, have we? Besides Joseph, but he, he tells us through the no, Australian channels. Some of your oh, friends. Yeah, my friends. Okay. Did they reply? Did they Yeah, well, they requested stuff on, like, Instagram. 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 Good on them. I'm sure we do. Again, I'm sure we have many fans because I love podcasts and I've, again, never rated, never written in an email. And I'm a big fan of podcasts. So, so you should around. do it for our podcast. I've done it for ours. <laughs> Obviously, <laughs> all those false oh, ratings. Yeah, five star. <laughs> um, I'm um, sure I gave us a five star too. I reckon everyone that's if, got a podcast. If you're not going to be your own cheerleader, no one else will be. <clears throat> Who so else is going to do your own trumpet? That's, that's so right. true. Anyway, uh, so parents who kill their own children, I wanted to give a bit of a shout out because there's something that happened quite local to us. Oh. So it was in a suburb where I grew up, 
It's in the suburb next door to where you live. Live now, yes. And pretty much the suburb next to where we it's all like live. Pretty really. much the whole suburb covers the whole suburb. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're next to my suburb, so yeah. you're 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 attached by association. Yeah. So my parents actually knew this lady. Ooh. A bit of an acquaintance. I think they just saw her out and about. Is and this your story? No, no, oh. no. This is just a side story. Okay. It's an additional story. So this is a bonus. Prelude. Yeah. <clears throat> a little bit of a warming up teaser. Um, yeah, my parents knew her and, like, would just say hello when they passed her on the street but, like, didn't know too much about her. And then, like, one morning, like, there was just, like, police, like, screaming down, like, our street. And it's like, oh, okay, this is really bad. And that lady killed her son. And he was autistic. <gasps> oh, she had enough. Yeah. So, she, like, she had enough and I think suffocated him. Oh, no. That would be known as altruism. There you go. You are so full of facts. Now, I remember you saying that this was funny. So, yeah. <laughs> funny, huh? It's a bit odd. So, she went to prison. She served her time. And I think she's now a, but she's now an advocate for parents uh, who had kids with autism. Aww. To do what? To kill them? <laughs> no. Like how parents can cope. By killing them. <laughs> well, I Is don't know. <laughs> yeah. And so, I just, it's funny, weird. I know a lady that she had an autistic child. I mean, it's all they're all varying degrees of autism. So Jeez, some are just really give the bad. kid vitamin D. Well, she came out in the sun. Well, yeah, but that would have helped before birth. It still does help after birth. Does it? It does. Vitamin D, yes. Um, well, yeah, he was quite bad. Like, wouldn't mm-hmm. talk. Like, really bad. And she was like so obsessed with putting him in normal school. Like, she was right. like, no, he's going to a normal school and mm-hmm. everything like that. And oh my god, she was. He needed so much care, care yeah. and it just like consumed her life. Mm. It's really hard for me. It's easy for me to say it's just vitamin D therapy, but to get the child to and diet mm. gut health. Yeah, but diet and diet's so yeah. hard when they're autistic That's right, because they're, they're so they obsessed. They're yeah. Resistant. I find it really interesting though with autistic kids how they how they they might have a real gift for something yeah. else though. I find that really amazing. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Maybe it's you hard. should just like I don't know. You channel that. that. Yeah. Channel gift. That. There you go. We've had nutritional advice, and it's only the first five minutes. Look at that. Look <laughs> but at that. it's true. Vitamin D vitamin definitely D. shown effectiveness for autism prevention. So there you go. <laughs> just, so just put them out in the sun. Stick him out in the sun. A bit like everyone. Everybody needs a bit of sun. Stop slathering everything in sunscreen. Yeah, but don't stick out the sun and sunbathe. No, get don't get burnt. Don't get burnt. Cancer cancel out on a 10 to 15 minutes in non peak UV times. No, uh, but also, if you peak. have, if you have, yeah, you it does. It does need to be peak. Oh, yeah, and if you have darker skin, it really, you need much longer than somebody yeah. with. So I've already told you guys about where the, the, the peak time is when your shadow is shorter than your body. Yep. That's the peak so peak when peak. they, on the news, when it's like, here's the peak UV times, don't go out. You should actually be just heading out. Just, just a short minutes. amount of time, yeah. And not sitting in the car with the windows up. Yeah, doesn't, the window doesn't. The window doesn't. doesn't so anything through glass doesn't count. No, it doesn't count. So stand in the sun. Little rotisserie chicken, Just turn around. So and get back afraid in. of the sun. Like, yeah. we need the sun. Like, don't burn yourself, but you need the sun. Like, Even if you just stick your arm out somewhere, just somewhere where <laughs> change the limb every time. Yeah, just to put so, like, you know. Anyway, anyway, back to our crime-based podcast. Not the. <laughs> I was going to get another message about nutritional. nutritional. 
<laughs> we are not nutritional podcasters. But just you are nutritionists. Advice. We are nutritionists, but, but we're not. <laughs> this isn't a nutritional podcast. Anyway. Anyway. I'll get to my main case. Yeah. Get on it. Did we have it shout out to anybody else? No, I was just Joanna oh, okay. T because she actually wrote through the proper yeah, channels. We're not okay. going to shout out to Thank people you. that do it through the informal channel. But see, we take you seriously because we're doing a case, so yeah. send us some more emails. We love them. Go, yeah. Amanda. Um, so I've chosen the story of Ronald Clark O'Brien. Mm-hmm. Um, he has now been nicknamed the Candyman or the man who killed Halloween. The Candyman can. Uh, so there is another serial killer called the, the Candyman, apparently. Um, I don't know who he is, but it's a different Candyman. So, as you would have guessed, it happened on Halloween. Mm. Uh, it was 1974 in Deer Park, Texas. Mm. Park. That sounds familiar to me. Did we do something about Deer Park? No. I don't think so. Never. I don't think you have Deer Park. Deer Park. Probably similar demographics, I suppose. Set with more guns. Being Texas. So, as you'd expect, kids were out trick-or-treating despite the rain. So, it was a bit of a rainy Halloween, which would have been cool. Mm. I like Halloween, so anything to make it look. Yeah, Anyway. (laughs) Oh, because it goes against everything you believe. Shall we get into the Bible study now or we'll leave it for another time? You celebrate Halloween at work. Oh, yeah, but as like a little fun thing. But don't you think kids are doing that with trick-or-treating? What, celebrating Halloween? No, I don't do trick-or-treating. I don't condone trick-or-treating. What if, what if a trick-or-treater came to your doorstep? I wouldn't answer. <laughs> Just go, no soup for you. I wouldn't answer. <laughs> I wouldn't answer. I believe in Jesus. Praise <laughs> the Lord. Jesus is the only she way. That's what I say. <laughs> no, I'm not Catholic. I'm not <laughs> Catholic. Jeez, that's like being a vegan. Catholic. <laughs> Catholic. <laughs> Sorry, anyway. All right. Halloween. Like Halloween. Rainy. Rainy. <laughs> Ooh, I'm on fire. <laughs> um, so Ronald O'Brien, he was an optician. I don't know why I have that in there. It doesn't really come into the story. But he was an optician. They did Maybe I had an optician. Optician was out watching his two children. Maybe I had something to do with eyes. I don't know. <laughs> it made sense at the time. Yeah, I wrote this like really late last night. Okay. Um, so yes. No, Amanda, you've been researching this since the day we finished our last <laughs> podcast. I actually, no, I did know it was a case before our last podcast episode. Oh, there you go. So it's referred to in a documentary called uh, Killer Legends. Mm-hmm. So it goes on where urban legends came from. Um, oh, okay. Hmm. So there you go. So he was out watching his two children, Timothy and Elizabeth. Um, trick-or-treating. Uh, so Timothy was eight and Elizabeth was five. Oh, um, a bit young to be out by themselves. But he was watching. He had his two optometrists. He was oh, watching. <laughs> That's great. He he went out with them. Oh, he was walking with them? Yes. Oh, okay. Sorry for judging. Um, you leave the judgment for later. Okay. I was a bit disappointed because I couldn't find out what costumes Timothy or Elizabeth were wearing. <laughs> that was what I was researching for three weeks. That's the whole reason I did this case. <laughs> I like dressing up. I want to like mine then. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> okay. Uh, they were also joined by their neighbour Jim Bates and his young son. Um, so they went around their local neighbour. To who? Norman. Oh, no. Oh, is he from uh, Psycho? Yes. So, yeah. Uh, no relation. <laughs> no relation. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, so they went around their local neighbourhood. Uh, the group then came across a 
house with all the lights off uh, and the kids were just so excited by getting, like, treats and lollies that they didn't really mind. Um, this would probably be your house on Halloween, like, no lights on, <laughs> don't answer at all. So there was no answer, okay. uh, as you could. They believe in Jesus, that's why. <laughs> favorite church obviously <laughs> um so no one answered they moved on to the next house like the kids moved on along with jim the neighbor ronald however stayed behind but he soon caught up with the group again and he said that he managed to get candy uh, from the house with no lights and he started handing out the tubes of the powdered well, like, if a man with no bloody costume came to your door i'd be like no you, but you got to tell that's that's not a, that's a lie Okay. <laughs> we kind of know where it's heading because of well, the theme of the episode. The is that you need to have a costume if you want to <laughs> Or you don't get murdered. There you go. There's a tip. Maybe. Like, die, wear a costume. Like an adult wearing a costume came to your door. Just by himself. Why does he sound like that? I don't know because he's a man. Are you or offending himself? some no, special people? No, I'm not people. offending special people. I'm, a spe- I'm offending the man that's cos- going around by himself <laughs> with a costume, with a jack-o'-lantern plastic helmet thing that you got from Big W. Yeah. yeah. Maybe he was dressed as an optician. <laughs> <laughs> It's a great costume. Hello, I'm an optician. <laughs> I don't know why an optician would sound Mickey like Mouse. that. You just want to shove that fact that he was yeah. an, opt- opt- <laughs> an optician, everyone. <laughs> so uh, where am I? So he caught up with the kids and he got candy. Yeah, and he started handing out this sour candy to them. Um, so he gave a candy to each of the children from the group plus this random boy. It was uh, poisoned. Ronald had recognised. So Spoiler. <laughs> yes. I want to know what's going to happen. Well, she said sour candy. I was like, poisoned. But, yeah, he gave it to this random boy Ronald had recognised from church as I was walking around. So I was like, hey, hey. Ron, come and have some candy. <laughs> I reckon that's how he said it. <laughs> exactly. The night uh, hadn't been very successful, though, as they could only stay out for about 30 minutes due to the rain. Um, so they could only collect, like, lollies from, like, two blocks, like, of houses. So Still be a pretty good stash. Well, apparently it wasn't. Because <laughs> they were all believing Jesus and they were at church. Well, it is Texas, so. Yeah. So once the O'Briens arrived home, uh, they got ready for bed and they allowed one treat from their hall that night. Uh, Timothy and Elizabeth both picked the sour candy. Uh, when he opened, of course they did. Of course they did. Timothy opened up his kind of it was like a powdered tube of like candy. Um, all the sugar was kind of stuck inside, and so his dad helped him like like get it out of the tube and like take it. Um, so Timothy said it was bitter. And it was supposed to be sour. Anthrax, Timmy. <laughs> uh, so his dad grabbed him a glass of Kool-Aid to wash it, the taste away. And as you know. always using murders. Yeah, nothing ever good comes from Kool-Aid. Hold on, but his dad's the one that gave this to him who said he got it from the, the house. Okay. Yeah. So this yeah. is the dad. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Persevere, Timmy. Persevere and eat it. Have some Kool-Aid, Timmy. Drink the Kool-Aid. Timmy uh, complained again that his tummy hurt and he went. Timmy is such an awful name. Is his name really Timmy? Okay. It's Timothy. Okay. Timmy. Okay. Oh, it's like um, oh, Tabitha. Tabitha and Timmy. Tabitha. <laughs> I just know Timmy from South Park. Oh. Oh, I still can't believe you watched South Park. It's... I know. She's so <laughs> You're like, amen, Jesus, yeah. South Park. <laughs> hey, Jesus gave us a sense of humour. He okay. sure did. Mm-hmm. 
gave me a good one. <laughs> but if you go out trick or treating on Halloween, that's no, crossing that's the a, line. That's a funny note. <laughs> <laughs> it's not funny. As long as it's funny, it's allowed. Yeah. 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 Timothy complained. <laughs> Uh, that he's Timmy, Timmy, he's Tommy. Timmy, Tommy, he went to the bathroom and was vomiting and gasping. Uh, Ronald called the ambulance quickly, uh, letting the... Where's, where's Mrs. Timmy or Timmy's mum? I don't know. Okay. She doesn't pop up till later on in the okay. story. Uh, so Ronald uh, called the ambulance quickly, letting the emergency operator... Uh, know that his son had eaten poison candy. Oh. Uh, the ambulance was already in the area. I don't know why. Um, so they arrived pretty quickly, so within a couple of minutes. Um, so they took uh, Timothy to the hospital, but he was dead within the hour. Ooh. So what happened to the, so the sisters had it too, or were you getting to that? We're getting okay, to it. Okay, wait, there's more. So uh, the, uh, the county... That was cool. <laughs> <laughs> I did <laughs> I did, that. <laughs> I did that the other day when I was talking to Lucky. He was asking me about trade, like trademarks, and then like I changed my sentence halfway through. I'm like, it's the same country. I said the cunt. <laughs> <laughs> This is going to have that explicit next to the thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> the county prosecutor, Mike Hinton, received a phone call from the police letting him know that a boy had died. Mike rushed to the hospital, but Timothy was already dead. Good try, Mike. Yeah, like he's on duty. But like being saying, hey, he's dead. And they're like, quick, I'll get to the hospital before he dies. He's already dead. <laughs> yeah, Mike. Okay. Um, but anyway, uh, Mike called the medical officer immediately. The officer asked what Timothy's breast smelt like. Um, so Mike had to call the morgue because somehow Timothy was already at the morgue. Um, and revealed <laughs> The morgue's that- just on like the bottom floor of the hospital. Oh, okay. So a quick call to the morgue revealed that a scent of almonds was coming from the boy's mouth. I know what that is. What that is. Which confirmed it was cyanide that killed Timothy. But, fun fact, it's only a certain people with a certain gene that can smell that Mm. almond smell. There you go. I didn't know that. It's like a sniffer dog. Mm. A few tests later, and it was confirmed that it was the sour candy that uh, that contained enough cyanide to poison two adults. Um, so Ronald's daughter Elizabeth, who had also I reckon that's a waste. Oh, we <laughs> it was for two adults, but he only got a child. Poor Timmy. Okay. Maybe it was just overcompensating. Yeah, yeah. And remember, he had two kids, so maybe if they shared it. Mm. Um, anyway, uh, Ronald's daughter Elizabeth, who also chose to eat the sour candy, uh, still had it in her hand the next morning. Uh, so she had been unable to open it because it had uh, staples kept in it. Uh, kept it tightly closed. Mm. So um, she didn't I, try very hard. Well, apparently it was very hard to open up. And I'm like, well, what candy has staples closing it? How old was she? Uh, she was five. Okay. Oh, okay, yeah. So enough. the dad obviously favoured the son because he helped the son. Well, no, the son opened it and then, like, it was all stuck. And but then, he, then the dad, dad helped. helped him. So Elizabeth was uh, containing poison as well, 
And then the five other tubes of uh, candy that were distributed amongst the other kids were also filled with cyanide. So they obviously didn't take it? No. So I think obviously they've left it to eat later and luckily they hadn't eaten it because they're all filled with poison. Um, So news spread quickly across Texas and soon the entire country sparking fear in parents around Halloween candy being handed out to trick-or-treaters. The police told parents uh, in a public broadcast um, that it was just not worth the risk to give their kids Halloween candy. To take um, candy from strange houses? So if you Yeah, so they said uh, if parents want to give their children candy, uh, the parents should just go to the store and buy it for them rather than, you know, getting it from strangers. Um, And also told the parents to throw out all the candy that the kids had gotten the previous night. So, like, Halloween's stupid because you die. Okay. Obviously. Um, you just judge around Halloween. I can't wait till what you say about the parents. Yeah, it is way. really weird though that you like you let your kids go to anyone's house, house and take food, and you tell them not to talk to strangers. Yeah, it's so weird. And take candy from strangers. Anyway. Anyway. Um. So yeah, that's why it's kind of like the guy who ruined Halloween because he made everyone throw out their candy. Good one, Mike. So as Ronald and the kids had only covered a few blocks that night, police took Ronald back to the area they'd been in so he could point out uh, where he got the candy from. Uh, Ronald just couldn't recall. Of course, Ron. Uh, well done. Uh, he I re- sense Ron is strange. He is a bit strange. <laughs> um, and he said that he, he he never saw the face of the person who gave him the candy, that they just emerged from a dark hallway. Seriously, like these people, honestly, that tell this stuff, I know. it's like they don't hear themselves when they make these stories up. I feel like you have another story that you want to tell and you've got, you know, well, some experience. Oh, well, only what I, what I saw this week in my murder-watching shows. Yeah. Mm. People are stupid. Anyway. I'm stupid. I've got some dumb people in my story too. Um, so a few days later, uh, they took Ronald uh, to the neighbourhood again. Uh, this time, Ronald was magically able to point out the house. I guess this also turned out to be a bit suspicious because the man who lived at that house had a fairly solid alibi because he was working. Um, and That's his, why his lights were <coughs> off, Ron. Well, his wife and daughter were home and is this the lights out? Yeah, house? yeah. Oh. And they had turned the lights out early because they had run out of uh, lollies no, for the kids. They didn't want people knocking on their door. Anyway, Ronald became even more suspicious when he wrote a song about Jesus. Oh. No, come on. <laughs> he had you, written. If this guy brings shame on what I believe in, I'll, I'll let it rip. I will. Get ready to tell us. got some beans today. He's He had written the song. Well, they blame him. Jesus. They do. They make Christians look freaky. Well, maybe you shouldn't be so freaking writing about songs about yeah, Jesus. I know. See that? Yeah. I reckon he's, well, he's where's the line? Because Psycho. when you go to church, you sing hymns or like songs. I don't sing hymns. Well, the oh song. I love that she is so funny. She gets so offended when you say something that's like Catholic. <laughs> well, no, <laughs> there's the songs. Christians sing songs. Yeah, they do sing songs, but we don't sing hymns. It just depends on what kind of church you go to. <laughs> yeah, but what if he's just writing like a song? Like, yeah, but he's 
but he's murdered people. That's my point. <laughs> well, I said he's people. He's mur- I'm sorry. Spoiler. He's murdered people and he's and he's banging on about Jesus. What was his song? Anyway, so um, let's so hear the song. Okay. I, well, I don't he have a copy of the song, but he had written the song about Timothy joining the Lord in heaven. Oh, well, that's okay. It was going to be broadcasted on the night of uh, Timothy's funeral, and Ronald got very angry with other relatives that they did not want to stay up and watch his song. <laughs> I'm like, okay. Um, so this was all a ploy so people had to listen to his music. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> So Ronald had also taken out several life insurance policies, Again, red flag there, yeah. on both his children. Uh, with, Can you even do that? Yeah. Can you? I wouldn't have thought. I don't know. I so, kids. so he, Timothy and Elizabeth were originally insured for $10,000 um, and then after Timothy's de- uh, death, he upped it to $30,000 each. Uh, which is equivalent to about one hundred fifty thousand dollars. Sure, after he's dead. Uh, I don't know. It was something about he was willing to play extra premiums to get. Uh, I don't know. Um, investigators learnt that Ronald owed debts of over a hundred thousand dollars, and Ronald had called his insurers about the payout at nine a.m. on the morning of Timothy's death. So, pre. Oh, no, no. This is like he's died. And then, like, oh, he's died. Oh, he's died overnight. Okay, yeah. yes. Okay. Yeah, so oh, a few no, hours later. Oh. Yeah. Call the insurance <laughs> yeah. Jeez. Um, so four days after Timothy, Timothy's death, uh, Ronald was arrested, surprise, surprise, uh, for the murder of his son and also four counts of attempted murder. So he was going to get the other kids too and his daughter. Mm. It came out that Ronald had phoned a friend who was a chemist. You cannot phone a friend. <laughs> <laughs> asking about cyanide. Uh, and then he also asked the professor at a community community college he was attending what was more lethal, cyanide or another type of poison. When the professor questioned why he was asking that, uh, Ronald just said he was just curious and that was it. I'm just wondering, Um, what's the best way to kill somebody? (laughs) um, Ronald then also tried to buy cyanide from like a chemist (laughs) chemical (laughs) company in Houston, uh, but the smallest amount he could... (laughs) he could purchase was five pounds um so he cancelled the order because <laughs> it was like way too much <laughs> i don't need leftovers thing we only sell cyanide in bulk <laughs> why would you want to make one cyanide i don't know what it's i don't know what it's for i don't know what it's used for oh, killing kids <laughs> but they need to like repackage it in smaller amounts Please, can I just cancel that little order of cyanide, please? <laughs> oh, we'd have to laugh. You have to laugh because otherwise you cry. And yeah. like poor Timmy, it's really bad. Ronald maintained his innocence because police couldn't prove he bought any cyanide, so there was actually no trace of it at the house. Um, so they couldn't actually physically put him and the cyanide together. Do you know where we actually ended up getting the lesser amount of cyanide? Well, no, because this, like, it's 1974, so this is all before, okay. like, yeah. being able to do, like, trace payments oh, and, like, yeah. DNA yeah. testing and that kind of stuff. Yeah, or, like, Googling yeah. where to buy cyanide <laughs> in small volumes. Yes. <laughs> Minimum order quantity of cyanide. <laughs> one gram. That's all I wanted, one gram. Well, he probably has a buy bulk, and that's why there was, like, enough in there to, to kill, kill a man that will kill a couple of kids. <laughs> 
Kinton's back in the picture. So he also he continues. <laughs> Mike, Mike, Constable Mike's back. Um, anyway, uh, Mike Hinton also continues to believe that Ronald would have tried to kill his daughter Elizabeth, but the ambulance arrived too quickly for him to make. I was always the parents. Maybe she's like, oh, good, a night off. Like. God. She's at the pub. That didn't piss me off anyway. Yeah, I've got one left. So, yeah, that uh, Ronald would have tried to kill his daughter, but because the ambulance was already in the area, they got there within a few minutes. Otherwise, Ronald would have gone and opened the sachet and tried to kill her as well. Now, after thought. Obviously, bad. Uh, so at trial, it was noted that Ronald seemed uh, to relish in the attention despite having his own wife testifying against him. So she turns oh, up. Is. Okay. Um, I don't know how to pronounce her name. It's Danini. Oh. Uh, it's spelled D-A-Y-N-E-N-E. Danini. 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 Uh, well, his wife said she became suspicious uh, when oh, just <laughs> you died when the cyanide delivery man came. Because <laughs> he's your extra hundred grand. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to sign on? Do you want me to put this in the garage for you? Can you sign for his wife? This is living. I put on the movie. suspicious when just after their son had died uh, Ronald had begun begun talking about uh, what they were going to do with the rest of it <laughs> no, what they were going to spend the life insurance payout mm. on um, Ronald Ooh. said he wanted to pay off his debts and take a trip to Florida wow. <laughs> like life goals <laughs> I know, Florida of all places Ronald how long after this was like within one to two days wow. of Timothy dying he's like what can we do with the money how <laughs> Others gave shining character references uh, about Ronald, uh, saying Ronald was a very concerned parent and very sensitive to their needs. He treated my cataracts. <laughs> <laughs> I can see, Fred Jesus, I can see. And he was a sweet guy who always, who was always kind to children and attended church and oh, donated regularly. Oh, I was going to say, he lost the youth pastor or something. He went to church and donated quite consistently. Just goes to show... You can't buy your way to heaven, right? Mike Hinton. He's <laughs> <laughs> back. Um, he sat in on the court proceedings and in a near-empty courtroom, Ronald turned to him and offered him a Tootsie Roll at oh one God. stage, which Mike declined. I don't know why I have that in there. I just found an interesting he's story. He's got to get rid of all the cyanide. <laughs> yeah, you wouldn't take anything from him, would you? <laughs> Trust it. I'm freaked. A free sample. No, no, like for the whole course. <laughs> what, what do you want some eye drops? <laughs> do you want some Kool-Aid? Um, the jury took just 46 minutes to find Ronald guilty on all charges. 
uh, it was decided that Ronald would receive the death sentence to be executed by the electric chair. Mm. No, I reckon they should poison him. <laughs> well, Ronald stayed on death row for eight years, nine months, and 28 days. So before he'd run out of not before. Yeah, so he'd run out of all his appeals and his stay of execution. Uh, he requested for his last meal, and this is fat bastard meal. Oh, fat uh, bastard. It's a T-bone steak, medium to well done. No. Uh, French fries with ketchup, a whole kern- kernel of corn, sweet peas, lettuce and tomato salad with an egg, and French French dressing, iced tea, sweetener, saltine crackers, Boston pie, and Boston cream. Mm. I would love to know if he ate all of that. I'd be impressed. He's having to die of a heart attack. <laughs> so instead of the electric chair, uh, Ronald was executed virtually by poison, so by a lethal injection at 12.48 in the morning. Why is they late? They always do them first thing. Why? They do always. it like... That's not first thing. No, they do well, it... In they, the morning. That's like... The next day. Night time. <laughs> well, no, they do it at those odd hours, I think, because of the other prisoners, they don't want to make a ruckus. in Because I think there was about 300 people um, protesting that he should die outside. They got their wish. Yeah. See, strength in numbers. Uh, So Ronald maintained (laughs) his... Together, see what you can achieve. uh, Ronald maintained his innocence until his death, and this is what his last statement read. Uh, What is about to transpire in a few moments is wrong. However, we as human beings do, do make mistakes and errors. This execution is one of those wrongs. One of those wrongs yet doesn't mean our whole system of justice is wrong. Uh, therefore, I, I would forgive all who have taken p- part in any way in my death. Also to anyone I've offended in any way during my 39 years, I pray and ask for forgiveness. Just as I forgive anyone who offended me in any way. And I pray and ask God's forgiveness for all of us respectively as human beings. To my loved ones, I extend my undying love. To those close to me, know in your hearts I love you one and all. God bless you and may God's blessings be always yours. Uh, (laughs) P.S. I just want to sing a song. (laughs) P.S. I finally sing my song. (laughs) Dream my time. moment I've been waiting for. I can die a happy man. Uh, Dream, P.S. During my time here, I've been treated. P.S. What did he say? P.S. Did he say this or did he write it? He wrote it. P.S. P.S. During my time here, I've been treated well by all TDC personnel. Thanks, Ronald. It's like he's writing a recommendation. Yeah, yeah. If you've got to come anywhere, come here. Five stars on Yelp. Uh, so since this poisoning, uh, the urban legend about poison candy persists uh, with a variety of tales such as candy tater with broken glass, razor blades, and containing ecstasy. Uh, in- <laughs> Ooh, couldn't mind getting that piece. <laughs> <laughs> um, in 2000, a man was charged with putting needles in Snickers bars to hand them out to trick-or-treaters. Um, but he was unsuccessful before being apprehended. Uh, Ronald's ex-wife... Uh, Upon his death said he made his bed and now he's having to lie in it. I have no pity for him. Uh, And since Timothy's death, there hasn't been a single case where a child has died from consuming contaminated Halloween treats. So what happened to the sister? She lived. 
<laughs> She's still trying She's to open that pack. Oh, 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 sandbox. <laughs> Dad said he'd come back and help me. Stop waiting. <laughs> So that's the story of Morning Glory. <laughs> well, well. Mm. Poor well, Timmy died. I know. It's like I can laugh at it because I haven't seen a picture of him. My fun facts, I got to see pictures of kids. Oh. So. <laughs> They're not really fun facts, are no, they? No, well. Cool. Sorry? You went hardcore. Yeah, I did. Um, I feel like you were really passionate about this subject. Well, it's the parents, obviously. Okay. That's all I can really say. So I could probably just end it there. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm done. Let's <laughs> move done. on. Um, no, okay. Well, just some little, little, little facts. Filicide is the term they use for child killing. Oh. Filicide. And neonaticide, I think that's how you say Babies. it. It's when you kill within the first 48, 24 hours of life, mm. usually. Mm. So according to a US study between 1976 and 2007, um, it revealed about 500 cases where 72% of these victims were killed by their own parents who were six and under, um, and then a third of the victims were babies under 12 months. But And according to an Austrian forensic psychiatrist, Women actually make better killers than men do. The as children? As, yeah, as killing there. So women are, <laughs> Yay. are, are better at it because they're actually cleaner. Anyway, so, <laughs> no, because, like, women, and but women represent about 40%, up to, like, just over 40% of um, the sex that will kill a child where it happens, apparently, in the US, like, a mother kills her child every three days. What? So that's how, yeah, how prevalent it is mums would obviously they get the most press obviously because it's like they brought the child into the world and the thought of a mother being able to take the kid like is you know you can't imagine it and but fathers make up about 57 percent of that is there a difference because obviously a mother has birthed a child whereas a father hasn't so is there that kind of connection uh well you've come from my body well it's there are like research has um, concluded that there's five major reasons why parents do kill, which I will get into in a minute. An Australian study also says that the violent killers of children were, like the most violent killers of children were either the stepfather or the de facto, um, which they often will, will throw the kid or stomp on them, oh. but usually only once, like they'll only do it once and and also, like, maybe they didn't mean to kill it. But well, so 100% success rate. Well, <laughs> well maybe. Um, like a de facto, so he will actually inflict, like, abdominal injuries and, and like, head or spinal injuries. And um, he's actually probably usually abusing the child before as well. So it's not just the first time he's... Oh, he's, but it's just, like, one time. Yeah, yeah. One, well, obviously one too many times. Um, he kills in a violent way. Um, it's He's only usually kills one single victim and it's usually after a period of abuse um so that would be manslaughter then uh well no Mm. because the cases that i read they got for murder they did yeah um because you are you probably intentionally kick someone well i guess it's even though you could say you can go oh well i I hit them, but I didn't mean to kill them. It's like you the can't king prove, stuff. It's yeah, like, you can't yeah. prove that you didn't mean to kill them. Yeah, okay. Like, and they usually begin by trying to. They shake a child because yeah. they've been crying. Yeah. They want to either they they want to go to sleep or they're trying to watch something on TV and stuff. And then, um, and these people rarely commit suicide after. So you'll go, oh, 
Imagine getting <laughs> so upset, like I'm trying to watch TV. Just wear some I'm... earplugs. Oh, mm-hmm. just don't be so attached to the TV. Go outside into the sunshine and get your yeah. vitamin D. So it's it's like, well, why do they do it? There's like three theories, three main theories of why parents will kill their kids. It's like either they're mentally ill, which follow, which you have to be, I think. Um, they usually have a higher testosterone level or their offspring is considered unwanted. So they're like the theories around why parents will kill their kids. But a research... Well, like a women even well, would have even, a higher yeah, testosterone so, level? No, I'd assume that was men uh, when I did it. I just assumed that was like the men, like especially if they're like the de facto or the stepfather and they just, they've got that rage where they've killed the stepchild. So there's like five major reasons why like these filicide killings happen. Altruism which I mentioned before, um, it's believing that the child is, it's in the child's best interest that they that they die. They, the child might be terminally ill or... Though it turned <laughs> out he was killed to get, so Ronald could get money. No, 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 I'm talking about what you did one that you talked uh, about. Oh, yeah, yeah, sorry. Yeah, that's why, because she, yeah. he couldn't handle it and plus yeah. maybe thought that the child was better off. Yeah. Um, um, and, it, and sometimes those kind of killings happen after... Or before, sorry, the parent will commit suicide. So they believe yeah. in certain situations that they believe, oh, you're you're better off dead, or I might be I might be suicidal or something, mm. and I think it's not fair to leave you yeah. alone. Sorry, there was a, a, a guy called Jeffrey Hunt. Um, he was he is an Australian guy who shot his three children and his wife. It, it's believed that he's just, like his wife had a. Um, a car accident and and she sustained like a head injury which changed her personality which put a strain on oh, yeah, their marriage this case, yeah, yeah where the, the marriage was already strained so they just put an extra pressure so he had suicidal thoughts but he he thought well my family can't cope without me mm. so I'll just kill the whole family and myself so that's like an example of it next one is like you'd have like acute psychosis so you kind of lose touch with reality. Mm. Um, you you might believe that your child's possessed, um, and it, they usually kill by um, asphyxiation or suffocation. Where Gary Sherrill, he was a Phoenix man who killed his son by chopping his head off with an axe, as he claimed that he was possessed oh, by the devil Jesus. and he needed to be removed from the planet. So, and there's also um, uh, Kathleen Folbig, I think his surname is. She apparently suffocated her four children over a ten-year period. Only suspicion only came about when they found a diary, her diary, where she actually wrote, I am my father's daughter, where her father apparently had killed her mum when she was a child. Over 10 years and no one like, oh, yeah, one yeah, kid's slowly going. It's, it's, that usually happens when the kids are quite youngish, like really still either newborns or mm. really young, so it's kind of like put down to oh, okay. seeds or something mm. like that. Yeah. And another reason is like an unwanted child. This is these are these people are sickos. Anyway, they're particularly in cases of neonatal side. So when the kids, when the babies mm-hmm. are like yeah. newborn, these tend to be by women who are unmarried. Um, they don't usually have like a major illness. They just really just don't want the baby. It's a lot of social issues around these women that do this. It's like the stigma of being just being unmarried and. But you've just gone through, like, the whole stigma of being pregnant and unmarried. But see, a lot, some don't, some, most, the ones that I've, the one, the cases I'll tell you about, Mm. like, 
most of them except the one they didn't people didn't know that they were pregnant okay yeah so melissa dexler it was she was it was in 1997 she gave birth in the bathroom of her prom while she was at prom oh wow Um, yeah she apparently (laughs) she was in the cubicle of the toilet and i read that her friend came in and heard her like struggling and said, oh, are you okay? You all right? And she Dropping goes, yeah, big yeah, one yeah, yeah. And apparently she goes, yeah, yeah, I'm fine. I'll be out in a minute. Just tell the boys I'll be back in a sec. Right, that's apparently what she said to her friend. So, but what she actually did is she cut the umbilical cord. She used the, the umbilical cord to strangle the baby. And then she put the, the newborn baby boy, put him in a plastic bag, put a knot in it and disposed of it in the bin in the toilet. So, yeah, anyway. That's how she did And then what? Went and went out. She went out and apparently slow dance at prom. Yeah, she did. She went out and had a dance with her boyfriend. Are you shitting me? No, I'm serious. That's what she did. And they only there was only like a red flag when there was all blood and stuff in the in the bathroom. So that's how they found out what had happened. So the baby was. So then. Obviously. What dress was she wearing to hide know. all the blood yeah. and all this? I don't know. I guess in '97 you're still wearing a puffy sleeve. I yeah, I, I pictured a really puffy dress. Yeah, so then you have Dominique, yeah. Dominique Cotres. She was a French woman who confessed when she was 45 years of age of killing eight of her newborn babies between 1989 and 80s and 2006, and she hid their bodies in a shoebox in the garage that she shared with her husband, and her husband had no idea that she'd been pregnant. So I have funky Do people smell? know what, like, a condom is, maybe? I don't know. Like I, I just, I just don't know how he, he could not know that she was pregnant. Or just nah, unless she was really just big. Ladies, there's aren't. options. They just wear baggy shirts and stuff. Yeah, and they but never would get you not big. in that period be like intimate with your husband? So she, I, I assume mm-hmm. she must have been real, like a big woman, big enough for her husband not to notice that. Or she but just, she or she, she could have just worn baggy clothes dreaming. Yeah. yeah, closer to home. I don't know if you guys remember a case called. Uh, Lily Grace, um, she was apparently found by nippers um, on Maroubra Beach where after they were digging holes, you know how the nippers do their little, like little... Maybe explain what a nipper is. Uh, a nipper, sorry. A nipper is like <laughs> a, a junior lifeguard. So the nippers are... They go to yeah. yeah. So they, it's their little... When the kids so train cool. to be lifeguards for later, That's maybe. So cute. Yeah. Um, so they do these like little drills where they run up and down the beach mm. and they dig holes and stuff like that. So during this drill, they were digging holes and they found a baby. Yeah. They oh. found Lily Grace. Um, she was believed to be about 38 to 40 weeks old. So maybe born or. Born yeah. there. And then, but so they, they didn't know whether she was born <sighs> there or. So they, they did, they still, I'm pretty sure they still haven't found out who. Really, it was um, because they searched like the like the hospitals around the area for women that gave birth within the last mm. forty eight hours or something, and all the mothers had their babies, so they're not sure if she was born around there or, I just, or just dumped like, there. Or, I don't know how you can. I don't know. I don't, I just, I don't know I don't how know. that even like if you're gonna have the freaking baby, why yeah. don't you give it away? Wait, listen to this one, China Arnold from Ohio reportedly put her 28-year-old baby in the microwave and cooked her. How did she put a 20... Hold on. Eight-day-old, sorry. Did I say year-old? No. (laughs) Jimmy, get in the microwave. I can't fit, Mum. No, 28-day-old baby in the microwave and cooked her. And she said that she did this because she feared her boyfriend might leave her. 
but I just don't get, like, I don't want you, but I'm going to go through all this, like, hassle of, like, going to prom and having you, like, I just think if you're going to go through with the pregnancy and have the baby and you don't want it, why wouldn't you just give it to somebody who wants it? There's so many people who want children and can't have children. Yeah, but it's the whole thing, especially that girl at, at prom, Obviously, didn't want anyone to know that she was pregnant. I know, she had but to be so bloody life. selfish to not oh, even hmm. think that that's someone else's life. Well, for her to actually get, I don't. Anyway, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I don't think you can. Were even the were start. these mothers charged? Yeah, they were all charged. All of them. Okay. Yeah, all of them were charged with murder. And another reason for parents that kill is spousal revenge. So this would this is usually a separated father. Um, oh, he yeah. often kills multiple children to punish the mother. Um, he has a he usually has a background um, of interpersonal violence, which is usually like that's uh, which is usually why the mother has separated from the father due to the, their his abuse. Is that if I can't like have you or have the kids, no one can? Or no, it's more like I'm going to take what you what love, you love the most you love yeah. out of your life. Yeah, um, and, and they usually suffer like like head or spinal injuries, and they can also be killed by carbon monoxide poisoning. So uh, another Australian case, it sounds like uh, the Aussies are really bad at this, but anyway, Robert Farquharson. Farquharson? Farquharson. Yeah, so he drove his three sons into a dam near where he lived in Victoria after his Father's Day access in 2015. You probably know this one. I think so, yeah. yeah. Um, So he managed to escape, but he claimed that he couldn't save his three sons who were aged 10, 7 and 2 at the time. Mm. Um, He said that he lost consciousness after after having a coughing fit. So three months later, he was actually charged with his son's murders, but his stupid women, his estranged wife, even said that he didn't think that he, he could harm a hair on his kid's head. Right, and there was a photo of him uh, with his wife, like, embracing at the funeral, the kid's funeral. So I don't know how long between. Mm. It's probably Obviously easier it was for her after. to believe that. Yeah. Because then you've got to blame yourself, don't you, because you gave him cuts, well, you gave I, him access to the kids. Though. So it's probably easier for her to go. But, yeah. But I don't what, know. Like, oh, he, he, he killed them because it was like, I'm getting back at the mother. Yeah, because he apparently, so what had happened, so he, when it happened, he was found by the side of the road, and a person I can't remember. I don't. I can't remember the person who came on the side of the road and said, "Oh, we'll call the police." And apparently, he refused to call the police. Um, but he said, oh, "I want to go and tell my wife personally what had happened." So he he didn't want to call the police. He wanted to go to his wife and see and tell Her his wife. Reaction. Yeah, and he and his friend apparently said that he he said that he intended to kill them to take revenge on his wife. So he'd said that to a good friend of his. So anyway, so he's he's in jail. You can now send, like, weird stuff in the mail to ex-spouses, like a glitter envelope that just, like, puts Spray glitter. glitter everywhere because that's yeah. a bitch to get out. <laughs> yeah. Mm. And there's things like that. Just do that. Don't kill kids, people. <laughs> and then the last reason why parents kill is an accidental death accidental i say like it's but it's be, but it's due to parental abuse so yeah, like yeah yeah so there was a guy i can't even say his name hernandez something hernandez he was 24 and he claimed that he was alone playing with his 11 month old girl and he was tossing her in the air and well he was tossing her in the air she fell and 
hit her head. Mm. But then he said that he tried to pick her. He picked her up and put her in a, um, a high chair and gave her a bottle because she was crying and she wouldn't stop crying. Yeah. So he picked up another chair and swung it at her and hit her and she fell <laughs> like, and she was left there. Do you know what? It's like, it's like kids taking care of kids. Like these people haven't even matured in no, their head yeah, enough yeah. to take care of other yeah. children, but they can have children. And there's a thing in the, in America, like I pre, I couldn't find it here <laughs> if it's actually a law now, but there's there's, a, there's laws in America and in Canada and in the US and like even places like Japan, Italy, Chile that have their, they're called safe havens where parents can actually surrender their unwanted children without... Penalty. Fear of being prosecuted yeah. and stuff like that. So you've probably seen photos like of like um, they look like those like a bigger version of the money drop. You know when you go to the bank after hours to drop money in. Are you serious? Yeah. So they're like a they're like that. So they're like a pull out or Are a pull down draw. No, I'm serious. No, it's like you. Yeah, you put you, you pull, pull it out and put your child in there and an, and an alarm sets off. So it alerts like it could be in like a hospital or a fire station Are you or something. I'm serious. They've got those and you can't get prosecuted for not wanting your child anymore, which I think is great because, like, these stories of <laughs> no, these, no, these I girls finish that kill. sentence. No, yeah. I agree. Yeah. Because it's terrible. Like, I agree. It's all better women. that they're with someone else than someone that's that it. And so they're not just left in there for someone to come by and pick I'm them up. Surprised they're surprised like, at the message. <laughs> they, they do. That You pull it out, you it's, put the baby So it's drawing. anonymous. Yeah. yeah. And then wow. the alarm goes off to notify that there's a baby drop. Oh, and then... Yeah, and then not everyone should have kids. Yeah. Like, think long and hard. It's just you sad that that's now a thing. That's probably yeah. But I think people. Do, I think you know, it's not like for some people it is hard to get pregnant. For some people, it's really easy and it just happens. And mm. do you know, like seriously, mm. not everyone like is meant. Not everyone has that in them. I just think, because you can have care. kids doesn't mean you not should have all. them. Not at all. Not at all. And I think maybe people are stuck. With kids, like I've read stories of mums and it's coming out more now that, um, you know, the internet's so prevalent and everybody can tell their story and it can be anonymous. Mm. And I've read a few articles of mums admitting that they wish they never had kids. Mm. Like they're like, I love the kids that I have, but if I could go back, I would not I have had my children. That. I know, but you're very oh, different. But I think those mums at the same time are kind of brave, giving that At opinion. least they're honest. At least the- they're honest. Mm. I don't, as long as they're not telling their children that. Yeah. And it's something for people to think that don't have kids, think twice. Just because you're married and it's that time or yeah. whatever doesn't mean you're meant to be yeah. a parent. No. Like, it's a very priv- hard. Like, it's a privilege and a right. It really yeah. is. It really is. And it's really hard to take care of kids. Really mm. hard. It requires a lot of patience and a lot it of does. maturity and people don't have it. A lot not of money everyone as has well. It. So yeah. that's why a lot of people that – a lot of these mothers, the mothers I say – that have killed is because of lack of funds and stuff like yeah. that as well. But like and, and like lastly, it says like um, this often occurs in people who have been abused themselves as children. Yeah, of course, and, That's where or, they or have had a traumatic childhood. Mm. So it's the parents' fault that these Summarize parents have killed. All. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. That's a bit of a Debbie Downer, wasn't it? Well, you know, it's just well, like, with the case. Do you think like some of the cases, depending on what country it is, because well, I know there's rape and everything like yeah. that, but um, there's no other options for women. So, uh, well, they were saying that a lot of the, especially the neonatal side, was it happened a lot in rural rural mm, yeah. areas where, where there wasn't a lot of access access to, to, to other to options. Yeah. Options, yeah. Okay. So, I mean, there's a whole like the like when I read this when I did this research, I was reading researchers and that they were saying how can we 
how can we stop this happening? There's really, and then they're going, it's really hard to identify certain people. They can say that these, you've got these characteristics of you might be at high risk of killing your kids and stuff, and, and if you're under this circumstance, you could, but you can't, you, you don't, you can't mm. stop and look out for everybody. There's no... Well, to um, me, I think if somebody, as hard as it might be, say, you know, abortion isn't an option for somebody mm-hmm. because of the area they live or funds or whatever, yeah. if you are someone who has at least some sort of moral compass, my goodness, you would give the baby up rather than yeah. kill it. Like, that that's a whole other level then. Okay, mm. abortion's not available to you. Yeah. Killing the kid's a whole different level. But they level. were saying that, the, like, the people... It says that people who kill their children may have a personality disorder... Which is a no-brainer, but and their and their their empathy is not well developed, so they don't have that yeah. ability mm. to understand what they're doing and how that would affect other people. Well, it probably also with age as well, like that girl. A lot of them are young. The girl yeah. at prom, like yeah, she probably hadn't built up that empathy yet. It spoiled yeah. her perfect life. Yeah. So, well, I don't know if like kids of that age, like however, like seventeen, eighteen year olds, have that understanding. They, they might just think that it's just like having an abortion, but where she's just yeah just got rid of the baby and just hasn't really thought like about whatever. it. Yeah. So, man, that's a lot of pain to go through. <laughs> like having birth, like giving that natural birth in the toilet. And not <laughs> she screaming. was just like struggling. How, yeah, like how how would you not get <laughs> keep that a secret? Mm. Like, yeah, you can't be shut. You can't shut up if you're in pain giving birth. I know that for a fact. Who knows? Maybe there was a lot of constipated people at that school, and it was just no fiber. All the the school cafeterias don't give you that nutritious meals. Yeah. Anyway, that's some little fun facts. We take you on a high, and we bring you on a low. Yeah, we had a little bit of a laugh with Amanda's case, and I brought you right back down to earth. Well, it's okay because we probably and and it happens a lot too. There was heaps of cases with parents that kill their kids. But, I mean, yeah, like, not, again, just not everyone, just because you're a parent doesn't mean you, you're a good person or mm. yeah. anything. Like, well, any, can't be like me. any person can have a kid, you know what I mean? Like, mm. you don't, sadly, the world doesn't work that way that people who deserve it have kids. Yeah. Why not, God? Why not, Jesus? Huh? It's that. Well, he's given us the ability to have children. He wasn't <laughs> even conceived normally. <laughs> normally, what's normally, Amanda? Sex education. <laughs> Sex education. I thought you were just like questioning my pronunciation. No. <laughs> I'm like, <sighs> my case is going to be long. I'm really sorry. Blame Joe Bloody Joe. And I'm so sorry because I, I I'm not going to do it justice because it's so long and so weird. But if you want more. Um, and I have to say thank you to a podcast called The True Crime Couple. They did an episode, it's actually episode number 18, and it's cute. It's like a, I don't know if they're married, they're just a couple. It's actually cute. Like, it was really sweet. And they did a really, do you know what? It was so hard to find information about this case. So, so, oh, really? so, so, so hard, yeah. We should um, just ask Joe. Yeah, well, it was really, really hard to find actual proper details about, like, backgrounds and things. Mm-hmm. Like, it was just like, this is the murder, this is... Like, it was really hard. And so they had heaps of information, so they did a really good job. So if you want to hear a better job than me, 
um, listen to that episode. Yeah, it is an interesting okay. case. It's definitely an interesting case for sure, but um, it just needs more time than I'm going to give it. But anyway, so it was actually the biggest investigation in the history of the Pennsylvania State Police. Um, and it was the subject of two murder trials, three books, and a two-part television mi- miniseries. So obviously there is You've a got lot of detail it. in yeah, there. You've got some resources out there. Huh? Yeah. Um, so there is resources, but you just couldn't find them. Mate, the miniseries, let me tell you, miniseries was based on a book that, so it's still like not fictional, based on, so mm. I couldn't use that. But it was also created in the 80s. I, was, I watched the first five minutes and I was like, no. So when did this actual case happen? The case happened in 79, 1979. So wind back to the 70s. Um, so Susan, is that a good? Is that what the 70s sounded like? I don't know. Um, so Susan Rainish, I think I'm, I think is how her name is pronounced. So she, at the time, was a 36 year old English teacher at Upper Marion High School, which was in Philadelphia. Um, she was married to a man named Ken and they had two kids. So Michael was 10 and Karen was 11. So she obviously didn't have a very good marriage to Ken because in 1974, she began an affair with another teacher um, and also the chair of the English department. So at the same school and his name was William Sidney Bradfield Jr. Um, and it was around this time that she actually divorced her husband, Ken. Poor Ken. Yeah, Poor Ken. Oh, you don't hear anything about Ken, anyway. Um, so a little bit of background about William Bradfield. So everybody just called him um, Bill, but I'll call him Bradfield. Um, so basically... <laughs> that means he's nasty. Yeah. Well, I go back and... Oh, I don't know. Anyway, um, yes, he was not a good guy. So there were two groups of people basically at the school. So so it was such a weird school, and I'll talk about it. Like all the teachers were all together and like – anyway, he had this like weird persona where he was just like so full of himself but like people loved him but some people hated him. Like you either hated him or you loved him. Like you were either under his spell or – Charismatic. So it was almost like being at school but for teachers. Yes. They were all together. It was weird. Like they all went on holidays together and they oh. were all like like having sex with each other. It was so weird. Anyway, so um, he at some stage he had two kids himself and then he was with this other woman and he had another kid and then convinced this other woman to take care of his other two children while he pissed off. And like, yeah, don't ask me how. He was very convincing. He was, very you know, yeah. one of these one of these. Dijon, was he good Dijon, looking? Dijon. Dijon. Um, people say he was, but I don't rate him. I've got a photo of him, but that's him. But obviously, like after some jail time, I, I don't rate him. Oh, he that. reminds me of um, uh, Nick Offerman. Oh, okay. No, no, Nick Offerman. No, is that one. Like that one. Kind of good looking. Well, apparently he had piercing blue eyes. So does Nick Offerman. So there you go. He's Nick Offerman. Um, from, from Parks and Rec. Parks and Rec. The the guy that's like really serious all the time. With the moustache. Yeah. The head guy, like the boss. From the TV show Making It. And he's that like, I had... don't think that that's wrong. Oh, my God, you suck. Anyway. He's the Ron. guy that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, what did you say wrong from Bugs and Ricks? Okay, all right. Um, okay, so anyway, so basically he had a 15-year relationship with another teacher at the school called Sue. So not. Not Susan. Susan. Um, her name is Sue, uh, Sue Myers, so I'll refer to her as Myers. So they were in this relationship for 15 years, but people didn't know. He oh, lived on. with her for five years. Oh, come on. But people thought they were just roommates, oh, and he told her on. that they had to, like, keep the relationship a secret. 
Anyway, so he was like, he basically was unfaithful with at least 16 other women, which <gasps> she knew about. This is after everything came out with the right. murders and everything. Still with him. They hadn't had sex for two years. This is in 79. Hadn't had sex for two years, but they're still together. But she started getting really tired of their relationship. Oh, um, so... <laughs> Anyway, so um, she uh, was finding letters from other – so he was having relationships with other teachers, other students. In the same school? Yeah. Students yep. as well. Students as well. Um, so she she found letters in the house from other women. Anyway, he managed to convince her to stay with him or whatever. I don't know. Anyway, so at, at, some, at some stage while he was with Myers, he also struck up a relationship with, with Susan – and it was Susan, what's her name? Raina. Raina, thank you. Um, but he told her that she had to keep the relationship quiet. Anyway, so rumours were flying around that he, that he was um, with Raina, but he um, denied it and basically said because she was very mousy. So this is another thing about him. Very mousy. He had a type? He's, he had a type. His type oh, was okay. very, yeah. very plain. Um, he really liked the women. So, that's that, so the women I, didn't have self-esteem. Correct, yes. Correct. Yeah, that he could take advantage of. Correct. So she um, she was with him. Anyway. Um, Wear some braces, Susan. Hey. She needs braces. Uh, yeah. Like her two front teeth. She was a bit unfortunate. Um, anyway, so basically she – so they were together, but he was saying, you've got to keep it quiet. Her and the other Sue began fighting. It was this huge thing. Like, it was so awkward. She even apparently – he missed dinner at, at Raynett's house one night, so she brought the food in and gave it to a student and was like, tell him that he missed dinner and this is his – so it was just – the school was just crazy. Anyway, so by 78, she got really sick of it. She was like, I'm done. Like, what what's going on? Are you going to be with me or not? So he basically um, said to her, just be patient. I'm going to move in with you. We're going and to get married. by this time she had left her husband for him. Yeah, she divorced her husband, yes. So even though apparently they didn't really spend any time together anyway. So she started telling people like her family that they were going to get married. They were going on a trip to Europe in 79 and they were going to get married. So she fully thought they were together. She changed the beneficiary of her life insurance from her Jeez. brother and her two children to Mistake. Bradfield and took out the, the policy. She increased her policy, so it was worth $730,000. And she named Bradfield on the policy as her intended husband. Um, so Mayers, his other mistress, was becoming really suspicious at this stage, especially because Bradfield then asked her to sign a cohabit cohabitation agreement. So around this time in the 70s, it became a really big thing um, because one woman took this guy to court who she'd been living with for a really long time. Um, you know how we're de facto relationship? Yeah, yeah. Um, and she sued him because she'd been – they separated. She was like, you know, I'm, I want half even though we're not married even though the case didn't go forward, the court ruled that they would take it as a case-by-case. Case. They would start taking these cases more seriously. Mm. So at this time, he then obviously copped on to all of this, um, Bradfield did, and was like, oh, can you sign this agreement that says that, you know, you're not entitled to any of my <laughs> We're not cohabitating. Yeah, and then it, she also found out that that Raina had named him on her insurance, so she became really suspicious. Mm. She was How like, can oh, you name on. someone else, like go around someone and be like, hey, I'm actually on their insurance without the other person knowing. What do you mean? Well, it was on her own one, wasn't it? He did know. Bradfield knew. Yeah. He knew. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah he knew. Um, but he, he would tell people, like, I feel sorry for her. Why well, We're just friends. He would, yeah. I'm just being friendly. I'm yeah. a nice yeah. person. Yeah. Anyway. So was he, sorry, so was he known to be in a relationship with anyone at the time or? 
He was no. So there was I, no one that was his girlfriend or something that was no, known to everybody. No, he had so many girlfriends, and he he was keeping everybody. Okay, on, on so the to, so to everyone looking out outside looking in, he was single. I think so. Yeah, okay. yeah. Um, he was just a player. Yeah, mm. pretty much. But I mean, I think he just preyed on the right women. Yeah, the dowdy women. Yeah. Um. So anyway, the so this is so put him on the side mm-hmm. for a minute. So the school, the school itself was actually in the press because the principal. So he's another key character. Um, his name was Jay Smith. So he actually got arrested in August of 78. Well, no wonder the school was messed yeah, up. Because two bystanders basically saw him lurking around a parking lot with a mask and two guns <gasps> and looking inside a van. So they called the police and the police stopped so how did him. I don't know. It was him if he had a mask on. I don't know. They, they, um, no, they just said like, oh, they called the police and they're like, there's a man with two oh, guns. Oh, yeah. okay. And they yeah, described his yeah. car because he got in the okay. car and drove away and he, they called they the police. The police okay. stopped him. He pulled a gun on the police and then took okay. the gun away. And then they searched the van and they found, um, guns, um, another mask, homemade silencer and a syringe filled with a tranquilizer in his car. It's called cyanide. <laughs> don't know. What oh, you can only buy that in bulk. So. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't get it. All it right. was the 70s too. <laughs> so they were real busy this time. Had people. Um, we so got one. They just got one person calling. <laughs> That's why they sell in bulk. It's not something that people ring up about. Often. Not all the time. Cyanide factory. <laughs> Um, so basically the police uh, arrested him for prowling and then he went to jail and then um, while he was being held in that's jail. That's quite a serious, yeah, like, go to jail. No, no, like they held him. He had to get bail, obviously. Oh, okay. Because he also pulled a, a gun on the police and he was oh. on, do you know what I mean? He had firearms and everything. So they yeah. put him in jail um, pending a trial and someone, the, one of the police officers o- overheard him telling, calling whoever his call he made, he told them to go to his house and destroy some files. So the cops were like, okay, something's up here. We're going to monitor his house. So they started monitoring his house and they found some guy from the school went into his house and they saw him come out with a box. They stopped him. They checked the box. There was marijuana in the box. So then they got a search warrant to search the house. Now, they went into the basement of the house. Now, I should mention at the time that his wife, he's married to his wife. They've got a terrible relationship. She's dying of stomach cancer or something. So they went and... um, Checked the basement of the house. They found more guns. They found heaps of equipment that belonged to the school and stuff had been missing from the school recently. They found a lot How of... How did he get this job? A lot of homosexual porn um, and a lot of evidence that he was a swinger. They also found a fake security a uniform. <laughs> yeah, charities. No, they found, like, letters and stuff. There's nothing wrong with a key bowl. And they... F- I had a key bowl. Oh, uh-huh. A key bowl's okay as long as you don't invite other people over to your house. As long as there's no other people's keys no. in the bowl. Yeah. No, it's just me and Alex's. Um, <laughs> so they found a fake security uniform. They, um, Yeah, so they found letters between him and this woman talking about bestiality and stuff. Like, he was a real creep. So, yeah, they found a fake security uniform. And the year before, a local Sears store had been had been held up. Well, not held up. They'd been robbed by somebody wearing a security uniform. And then they realised later that it was fake, right? And so they found this fake security uniform, the cops, and they checked the ID and the name on the ID of the security uniform was the same name that the person used to sign out the money at the Sears. Mm. So they were like, this guy robbed Sears of $50,000. Jeez. 
So basically they knew they had their man for that and they were also like, you know, so he was getting quite a few um, charges. Now he had all... He's just like a mastermind criminal. Mm, He's not even a mastermind though. Well, no, like he's just a jack-of-all-trades criminal. Pretty much. Probably the best. Probably the best. So he he blamed the pot on his daughter because she was a known heroin addict. Mind you, his daughter went missing that year. No one saw her ever again and her husband. They were both heroin junkies. He said that he had the the pornography that he had was research that he was doing in preparation to write a book on how to teach a child not to be homosexual. <laughs> and the bestiality was on a book he was writing about how d- dogs as an alternative partner. <laughs> on how, dogs. how to have a dog as an alternative partner. Oh, God. So he had a reason for anything. Anyway, um, so basically he spent some time in jail, but he um, He got, got a fairly. Fair, oh. No, he got banned. So then he's awaiting his sentencing. <laughs> On June 25th, 1979, this is the same day that Smith, the principal, is being has to turn up for his sentencing, the police found a car, got a call because there was a car found in a parking lot um, with a body in the back. So um, it was in a hotel lot outside Harrisburg, which was 90 miles from Susan's home, but it was actually close to the, the court where Smith needed to appear. Um, she was Susan was nude. She, she was obviously dead. She was nude. She had two oh, black so it was eyes. Susan. So it was Susan. Okay. It was Susan in the back of her. Car. Not so Susan. It was Susan Rayner. Right. Yes. Okay. Um, so she had two black eyes. Her hands were bound, and she was either beaten by chains or wrapped so tightly by chains that they left bruises on her body because they had like they had, yeah. Mm. And she'd also been given a lethal dose of morphine. So not cyanide. Not cyanide. Not cyanide. Um, the last sighting of Susan was on the 22nd of June, the Friday before. So her neighbour had actually seen her rush her children. This was after 9 o'clock at night in a really bad hailstorm and um, she was rushing the kids out of the house and into the car. The neighbour said that the last thing she saw Karen wearing was a small green pin with the letter P on her blouse. That's and Michael, very specific. Yeah. I don't, well, it is because they actually found the pin in the car. So, oh, it's just how the neighbour recognised that in yeah. a hailstorm yeah, <laughs> at yeah. night time. Or maybe yeah. she wore it all the time. Yeah. Uh, she got it on a school trip or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, anyway, so DNA evidence wasn't available at the time. The only evidence the police found in the car was a comb under Reynard's body that was a Smith's Army Reserve comb that had a unit number printed on it. It becomes interesting later because apparently the unit number that was printed on it was the same number of Smith's unit that he was in when he was in the army but apparently it became pretty apparent that they gave out those combs to everyone like they were readily available to buy and they gave them out to everybody so anyway we'll talk about that later um so police basically questioned Bradfield because they were like oh well that's her partner he took out the insurance policy blah 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 but he had an alibi so over the weekend that they thought that Susan was murdered she was at a beach in Cape May New Jersey and other teachers were with him at the time, so they all went away together. Where, um, where's the kids? The kids were gone. I know, okay. this totally didn't become about the kids, but the kids were just gone. No one ever saw the kids again. Oh, okay. Yeah, so they've got posters up of the missing kids, but all they found was a pin underneath the seat of the car, and that's it, and then they found Susan's body. Um, anyway, so he was also present. Oh, and then so Bradfield was also present. He was the alibi for Smith at his trial saying, oh, no, he was with me on that day that he committed one of the crimes, the $50,000 crime or something. Oh, okay. Yeah. All in on it. So they're all together. 
And the jury didn't believe him anyway, and he got convicted of that. But anyway, so police began to suspect Bradfield and Smith, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, so they thought it was really coincidental because Smith was apparently late to his trial the morning that they found Susan in the car. And then in the months leading up to Susan's murder, Bradfield was telling all the teachers at the school that Susan and Smith were in a romantic relationship, so Susan and the principal, Mm. and that he was scared that Smith was going to murder Susan and that he was a hitman for the mafia. Why would Bradfield be scared that if they're in a relationship, one of them would kill each other? I don't know. He was just saying, like, oh, they're in a relationship. So he's trying to pin it on him. Yeah. Well, he was saying because everybody at the school um, thought the principal was a fruit freak anyway they all knew bits and pieces Mm. about him with his bestiality stuff and whatever and so he was saying that they're in a relationship and um smith says that um she knows too much about well they're clearly not in a relationship he prefers dogs and he does and there was (laughs) men yes and there was never any evidence of them being no one ever saw them together or anything like there was nothing like that anyway so basically trying to like get the pressure off himself well this is before the murders happened so he's like is he trying to lay the seed so it only came out after in smith's trial bradfield the people that bradfield had spoken to were allowed to take the stand and say these things okay so he's he's in there going oh i'm with smith he couldn't have done anything but he's planted seeds of doubt in other people's minds Mm -hmm. and so they actually so what's the relationship between smith and bradfield like it doesn't really talk about it that much. It doesn't really talk about it that much. So basically, the so did they kill kids? Well, the kids are just the kids have been disappeared. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah. Okay. Look, I got asked to do it, so I'm doing it. Okay. Um. So the investigation lasted seven years. Wow. Yeah. Well, it took seven years to figure out all the relationship. Yeah. yeah. So basically, there was never enough evidence to charge Bradfield with Reynard's death. Um. Like they, they couldn't find enough evidence to charge him. But they charged him in 1981 with misusing Susan's money for fake investments. So um, she'd also given him $25,000 to invest um, and he, I don't know, he didn't invest it or something like that. So he got charged for that. So he was convicted of theft by deception and he was sentenced to two years. Um, And then he was released in 1983. And then by that stage, prosecutors felt that they had enough evidence to at least try him for the murder and he got charged with conspiring to murder Susan, Karen and Michael. So they actually thought he conspired with Smith and they thought Smith is the one that actually committed the murders. Where does Sue fit into all this? Nowhere. She's just like on the side. like She just kind of tells a story here, there and everywhere. I'm telling there's like 10,000 people involved in this case. (laughs) Um, He's not a parent. Who? Whoever killed Susan. Well, he's like a step-parent. But nobody knew of their relationship. Who? Susan and... Well, not really. People kind of did. I mean, it's a good story. Like, yeah, but, you know, fit the theme. (laughs) So, prosecutor said Bradfield had murdered Susan and the children to keep her from finding out that he'd stolen her money. Um, So, basically, he got three life sentences. And then in 1986, they tried Smith for the murder of Susan um, they argued that she that he killed Susan and her two children in his basement and the pivotal testimony that put him away was from two of Bradfield's friends who took the stand and, and told them what Bradfield had said about Smith. Um, so he got convicted and he was sentenced to death. So he appealed the conviction and in 1992 uh, the conviction was overturned on the grounds of hearsay because 
they let Bradfield's friends take the stand and it was just complete hearsay. So and then also they they found the prosecutors found sand on Susan's body and they actually withheld that evidence from the jury. So that was a problem too. And people were saying like, well, um, Bradfield was at the beach, like obviously the body was at the beach, like you know How did they why did they withhold that evidence? Because see this is this it gets even deeper. So this is just like a rabbit hole case. I know, I'm almost finished though. Um because I because I just couldn't it's crazy. Mm-hmm. Like anyway, the detective so basically he got the conviction got overturned and he got released in nineteen ninety two mm-hmm. and it was released on double jeopardy. So he could oh, not be charged again. The same case. And he completely said he was innocent this whole time. Mind you, his daughter's still missing. Wow. Like his own daughter went missing and her husband. Oh. Too. Yeah. So it's not just you know what I mean? It's right. very like weird. So the detective on the case, Jack Holtz, this is a, f- a few years after, obviously, it's in the, this is before he got released. So this is how he got released as well. This is more evidence that came okay. up. So he had his attic cleaned out and they found evidence that related to the Smith case. Mm. So they found that the author, Joseph Wambor, I don't know if I'm saying that right. So he was a detective who turned into a crime author. And he did the story Echoes in the Darkness, which was the book that got turned into the miniseries from all of this. And he basically wrote a letter to this detective offering him $50,000 if he convicted Smith. So he started writing a book about the case, right? And then he, all of this was happening and he was basically saying that my book isn't going to be interesting if he doesn't get convicted for the murders. Mm. And he offered this guy $50,000. So... This all went to court as well, all this evidence, and then um, it's what helped Smith get off. But either way, both of them got cleared of it. They were like, well, you didn't actually pay him the $50,000. So mm. anyway, so that's a whole thing in, in and of itself. So, yeah, Smith got released um, and then he died in 2009, but he still proclaimed his innocence up until his death. In 1998, Bradfield died while in custody and he never admitted to involvement in Susan's murder. What was he in custody for? He got he got put in jail, Bradfield. He got sentenced. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but I literally couldn't find anything more than that. Like, de- you look him up on Wikipedia, there isn't even any information on him, on Bradfield. Mm-hmm. It's all about Smith. Anyway, so Michael and Karen are presumed deceased. Their remains have never been found. They were declared legally dead in 1987. And after Bradfield's death, because he actually died in jail, authorities discovered a photograph among his effects which showed a stone in a wooded setting standing upright as if marking oh, something. That's what that is. Yes, the image of the photograph is posted... Below, well, I just so I below just you. Copy that from the internet. Um, and police it's are seeking to creepy. identify the place where it was taken, and they think the children's remains are buried there. Again, so obviously, they don't know where it is. No. Well, you try. It's like a needle yeah. in a haystack. So, if you guys want, honestly, the case that I was talking about, the one that was done by the Trim Cry couple, it goes for like two and a half hours, and I only got halfway through it. So, they actually had heaps more information. Is it a good podcast? Um, well, that episode, that episode was good. It's sweet because they're together. Mm. Like, it's cute. It's like their hobby. Yeah. Mm. So that's it. It was hectic, man. Like, Joe gave me a lot to do and I probably should have started earlier than last night. So. <laughs> We've had a busy week, Hannah. Yeah. Anyway, so, do you, yeah. Do you want to see how Joe wrote it in her email? Yeah, let's see. Yeah, yeah, Maybe read it out, make... read it out. Okay. Yeah. Um, Susan Rena was recently divorced and had an affair with a co-worker at the local school. William was the co-worker and the two became engaged. Susan also had two children, Karen and Michael. Susan was brutally killed and her children disappeared 
with Susan. Uh, with Susan. Uh, Michael and the principal of the school were charged with her murder. The children have never been found and there are a lot of conspiracy theories out there about the case. It's not quite the parents, but probably the step-parent who killed the children. Yeah, that was one of my little pretty accurate that, um, step-parents step slash de factos. But why was she running out in, like, a hailstorm in a rush with her I kids? I don't know. This is the thing. There is there, – and it's like, well, come on, guys. Can you not retest something with fingerprints? Like, and why was she – why was she so badly tortured? Mm. But then people are saying that Bradfield tried to set Smith up because he knew that he was already in trouble. He knew that, like, everybody knew that he had this weird dungeon with his sex toys and that. And So he was, like, an easy target. He was an easy target. And so people are saying that it's – and then so the, Bradfield like, did it but framed Smith. Yeah, that's what people But Bradfield had been getting away with all this stuff for years, so why would he act out so violently now? Like well, I think he just wanted the money, right? Like he, he it was a lot of money, $730,000. Did he try and claim it? Yeah, he did. Okay. Yeah. I still I have know. no idea what, what went on in that Vince, case. I, I know. I'm really sorry. I, I know. Joe made it a little bit clearer. God, could have just read out Joe's thing. Yeah. Maybe it was her parents because she said. Maybe she's a missing child. My mum and dad live nearby to where it happened. It's really sad, though. Like, it's really sad. Joe, like, you could happened. solve this case. Oh, my God. And then somebody said that, like, maybe Smith, Smith's adult daughter, the one that went missing, is now taking care of these kids. Like, maybe they're all just living together. Wow. Didn't that happen? Happy heroin house? No, no. I was like, well, that would be better than... Let me see that photo again. Anyway, that's it, guys. So... It's somewhere, like, get a... Botanist looking at the trees. A botanist. I, t- I have to tell you, the police work, like, it's not great. Very shoddy. <laughs> it's not great. And for the longest running case, like, well. If you have any tips, guys. Is that this Smith, this principal, has got the most information than anyone. There's no information about the kids. There's no information no. about Susan. Like, it's so hard and it's so sad because they're the ones that have gone missing and died. Mm. She's been tortured. And it's just this story about this guy. Mm. Anyway, let's draw one for next week, shall we? Da, 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 da. Whose who's turn is it to draw it out? I mean, you haven't done it for no, ages. I haven't done it for ages. Okay. So that's got to be... I've got it out of the jar. It is solved cold cases. Okay, that's a good one. Because that's interesting because it's not like an unsolved mystery. We no. We did it. But it, it has to it's have gone cold. It's, yeah, it's... So that's obviously... Yeah. They've put it in the cold case. Yeah. So my missing earring one would fit perfectly. Oh, this one that you just did. I know what I don't do. Do you want me to do that again? Just butchered it, really. Okay. Well, thanks for enduring. Mm. (laughs) It wasn't that bad. It's just very. It was very confusing. Case. There was just like ten thousand people that were involved. Just yeah. go and listen to True Crime Couple. Just go, just go, yeah, give yourself two hours to that episode, <laughs> not ours. <laughs> and then Hannah's feel would make sense. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. <laughs> 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 it didn't make any sense to anyone. Well, that was just, a lot It did make sense. Like, it did, it, it was like a legit crime. It did make sense, but I, I'm just, I just got a little bit lost of how it fits. Like, where all the parent killers. Well, the kids that disappeared. But they're not killed. We don't know. Well, they probably are. 
When did it's now? Because it happened in the nineties. It was in the seventies. They're probably dead now, but of old age. But also, oh. what a silly mum! Like, come on, so lady. Parents, you just should have stayed with Man, them. Just yeah. like, don't put your kids through shit like that. Mm-hmm. Like, really. All right, well, that's us. That's a wrap, ladies. That's Thanks for your participation. We had some laughs, we had some cries, we had some real boring moments. So there <laughs> <laughs> was something in there for all of us. There was something in there for everyone. Anyway. Anyway. <clears throat> Good night. Bye. Thank you. Bye. See you all. Ciao. Did you enjoy this episode? To help support How Not To Die, please rate, review and subscribe. If you're feeling extra generous, you can also donate to our coffee account. That's K-O-F-I, How Not To Die podcast. Thanks for listening.